Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Intuitive Revolution in Business. And today I am answering a question that was asked by Katie Allen in my group, my free group. So if you don't know my free group, it's called the Intuitive Revolution for Brilliant Entrepreneurs with Ange on Facebook. And there is a post um, that usually is pinned to the top of the group where you can suggest your questions for the podcast. And whenever I choose um, someone's question, they receive a gift of um, a 15-minute business Akashic Records reading. Um, I'm going to explain to you a little bit, just in case you're new to this podcast, what these readings are about. So the Akashic Records, and I have a full video about this on my YouTube channel, which is called The Intuitive Revolution with Ange, is, so these records are um, like the bigger picture about um, business. So it kind of, you need to go back to a couple of episodes at the start of this um podcast especially the very first episodes where I ask whether businesses have souls I think these are interesting episodes and if we actually entertain the idea that a business has a soul that it has an energy um, of its own that's different from its um, its business owner or its business creator then it goes um, without saying that there is a um, possibility that it has its own Akashic Records. The Akashic Record is the placeholder, sort of like a book. People call it the book of life as well, especially in religious uh, traditions. And it's supposed to be the history of a particular soul throughout different lifetimes and different incarnations. Um, so I specialize in business Akashic Records. That means that I love to open the records of businesses um, to help the owner suss out what is the best way to run their business, the most efficient, but also the most fun and the most hustle-free. Um, I have been shown so many different um, aspects in these sessions it's, and including in the 15-minute one, because they're very, very powerful, very to the point. Um, I've been able to show people their entire niche or their entire messaging or sometimes even their, um, you know, the visuals that they should be using for their business to be more successful. So if you're interested, um, or if you have many questions to ask about the podcast that you've been listening to, the question doesn't have to be strictly about um, intuition. It can be about tarot, it can be about business. Um, I specialize mostly in mentoring online business owners. Um, so all of these things. And if I pick your question and make it into a podcast episode, as I have with Katie Allen's question, then I'll gift you um, a session. 
Uh, and the sessions are worth £90 at the time of recording of this episode, which is the 15th of August uh, 2022, just in case you listen to this in a little bit of time. Um, so I want to talk about tarot cards, how to choose a tarot deck for yourself. And in order to do that, I've I've gone a little bit into the history of tarot. Tarot has existed since the 15th century, and I was lucky enough to see a medieval rendering of a tarot deck. Not all the cards were there. There was only about 10 of them, or maybe 15, that were hand-painted with gold leaf. It was the most exquisite thing to watch. Um, So 100 years ago, it would have been very easy for you to choose a tarot deck in the sense that there was only um, mostly one deck available, and that was the Tarot de Marseille, which has been the most famous tarot deck since the 17th century. And the tarot was bringing to mass markets by um, an, an American man called Stuart Kaplan, who um, is the owner of the US game system, who's publisher of, of decks, not, not only decks. But uh, he he had a special interest in tarot decks, and he decided to make it available, um, you know, uh, widely. And he's made you know tarot decks really really popular, starting with the U.S. and then spreading. And he, um, I read an interesting article about him that said he was a big fan of Paris and. In uh, he was able to find a deck in uh, one of the small bookshops in Rue Jacob in Paris in the seventies, and that's what started his interest, his keen interest. So that's that's a fun fact. Uh, he has published an amazing amount of tarot decks. Um, the most famous being the Rider Waite, um, and you might want to um, you might be interested in knowing that the Rider Waite is the first deck where um, the copyright has actually expired because the uh, creators um, are dead and for more than 50 or 70 years, depends on on the law. So as of last year, it's possible to use um, tarot decks um, or digital version of tarot decks without having to ask a license from the US game systems. Uh, He has published more recently, so he... um, so he published the, the Rider Waite, the Sacred Rose Tarot, and a Native American tarot deck, and the Tarot of the Cat People. I haven't seen any of those decks, but it'd be um, interesting to go and have a look. Um, I will say that, so the Rider's Weight deck was published for the first time in 1909. And... Um, but the 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 interest in tarot started to grow in the general public in the 60s. And it was in the 60s as well that it started to be used for divination as opposed to just a playing card game. It's because in France and in, in most of um, European countries, except for the UK, the tarot has been used as playing cards for as long as, as um, card games have existed. Um, in just to continue a little bit with the history, um, Kaplan imported the Swiss JJ Tarot from Germany in February 1968 and wrote a book of instructions. And apparently, it was the first time that someone wrote a book of instructions that go with to go with a tarot deck. And I think that's what probably kicked it off as um, kicked off the the whole trend of um, 
you know, popularity of tarot decks uh, for divination. And it's in 1972 that, that, that the mass production of the Tower de Marseille started, okay? So I'm going to talk to you about uh, several little decks. First, the ones that, I've, that I own, and I don't have that many. I only have four at this date. I got rid of a lot of them when I did the big declutter uh, last year. Uh, but I'd like to start with my own, but I'm going to talk first and foremost about the Rider Weight because the Rider Weight is a classic and it's also a deck that is used widely by people who teach and learn the tarot and for a reason. It's also the deck that has the most books written about it uh, with all the, you know, the, the meaning and how to use them, etc. So in, it's a very easy deck to start to use if you're a beginner in the tarot, in, in reading tarot. It's the single most popular deck, uh, and it draws on numerology, astrology, and the Kabbalah. So it's very rich in symbolism. So I would say it's a safe choice. Um, I will say as well, though, that for any tarot deck that you choose, you have to be very careful about the energy of the person who created it because it imbues the entire deck itself. And personally, I've had to throw away a couple of decks Um I would say five or six years ago when I was, I mean, I, I, I learned to read the tarot 15 years ago, um, but I suppose I only realized how important the energy of the tarot deck was um, two, three years into my practice. Um, so it wasn't five years ago, it was much longer um, ago than, than I initially mentioned. But it's really important when you hold the deck to notice how you feel when you do because you will have a shift in energy when you hold tarot deck. And some are uplifting and some are very dark. Um, possibly because the tarot has also been um, in the hands of people who do magic. Uh, and although a lot of people do it with the best of intent and with a very high um, energy, a very pure energy, there are some people who still dabble in the dark arts and you need to be aware of that. So what what, what decks do I have? The very first deck that I ever had was the, called the Voyager Tarot. And I want to look a little bit into the history. This is what I would uh, encourage you to do yourself when you uh, explore a, um, a tarot deck, look into who created the deck. Um, now, the uh, Voyager tarot was created by James Wenless, um, who I think a friend of mine knew, um, and that's how she got her hands on a deck uh, in America. And then she showed me the deck, and I loved it so much that I bought a copy myself. Um the deck is a collage of different pictures. It's incredibly powerful, very original. Um, he follows mostly the same structure as a normal tarot deck, which I've discussed in episodes, um, I think it was episode 68. So most tarot decks have 78 cards. I won't go back into that. I encourage you to go back to um, to the episode about the difference between tarot decks and oracle decks uh, as i said i think it's episode 68 the second tarot deck that i have is called the mythic tarot 
And there has been several um, publishings or several editions, sorry, of the Mythic Tarot deck. Um, the author is Liz Green. And um, again, so this deck is different from obviously from the Voyager in that it's mostly rooted into Greek mythology. So if you have a particular interest in Greek mythology, that's a great deck to get. Um, you might have to get it secondhand. Um, although I managed to buy a new one when I, someone won, um, won it in my last um, five-day challenge. The third deck that I have, which I didn't use for the five years I owned it until like, literally a couple of months ago, is called the Tower of the Old Path. Uh, the Tower of the Old Path um, has been created. Let me just check who the artist is. And this is going to tie into um, what I'm going to talk to you about very soon. Um, so this is more of a Wiccan tarot. So it does tie into the um, to the magic, um, the Wiccan craft. Um, and Wiccan is is a religion. So it's aimed for pagan tarot readers, which is something that put me off to start with. Um, but um, I'm now, um, I've come round because I've, I've learned to really appreciate this deck. Um, the th last one that I have is the Lights here. Uh, and I'm going to try, I'm sorry, I haven't done all the so Chris Anne is the author and this is my favorite deck at the moment because it is so much more inclusive than most of the tarot decks that I've seen um her deck became super popular after she did a kickstarter and you can still find the kickstarter campaign online so just look for lightseer tarot there's a very descriptive video that explains a little bit where it came from she was actually kickstarting two different decks um and it, it is very unique um whilst still honoring the tradition of the of the of the tarot um you know with the archetypes and the, the minor arcana the major arcana etc etc so these are the four decks that i work with at the moment I'm not saying that you should choose from these decks, but it's to give you an example. So this is about the background. And if you want to see the tarot in action and to see a variety of decks that you will see nowhere else, I recommend that you watch videos by Amanda Ellis, E-L-L-I-S, on YouTube. She's a British um, color therapy. She sells uh, wonderful um sprays and she does readings on a regular basis on youtube mostly around um actual actuality is that a word in english um you know like uh, news yeah news especially political news um she she is one of a kind and i really really love her readings also because of the variety of the decks that she uses and when you see the deck then you can find out if you like them or not she usually has a reference in, 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 the, in the box, the content box underneath her videos where you can find links, where you can find the, the decks. I will say um, that, that we could talk about purely how to choose a deck. 
it, that it depends what you're going to use it for. But what I want you to understand that a tarot deck is first and above all a piece of art. So just like you would choose a piece of art to put in your house, depending on your taste, the same goes for tarot. Okay. So you need to refine your taste. You need to see what pleases the eye. You need to use your intuition as well. It's so important to use your intuition when you pick up a deck. And if, like me, you have three, four decks or more, then you use your intuition also on which deck to use at which point in time for what um, purpose, okay? I would encourage you, and I've already mentioned uh, Chris Ann's, um, you know, Kickstarter campaign. I would encourage you to go and see the Kickstarter campaigns for the decks. Um, you can find some on, on the traditional Kickstarter platforms. Um, all these crowdfunding platforms have a lot of tarot, um, tarot decks and it's become incredibly popular and it's exploded literally uh, during the pandemic. So there's, there's probably a tarot deck released every day at this point. You have cat tarot decks, you have, um, um, you know, anything almost you can, you can imagine you will get it. Remember, though, that what's important as well is to check in with the energy of the artist. The same goes with art. When you buy a piece of art, the artist has put a lot of their energy into the painting. And believe me, no, I have bought paintings that were very, very dark, again, that I had to, to get rid of at some point. So check in with how you feel when you look at the art. If you feel your energy drop, if you feel um, maybe some dark thoughts or negative thoughts pop up when you look at um, some tarot decks, stay clear of them. I would also recommend to stay clear of any secondhand decks unless you know how to clear them because um, decks carry the energy of their, of, of their creator but also of the people that have used it. This being said, even new decks carry a lot of uh, mixed energies because there's the energy of the original creator, there's the energy of the publisher, there's the energy of the manufacturer, and the, uh, there's the energy of the distributors, including then the energy of the actual post um, person that delivers it to your door. So I would recommend anyone to clear their decks when you receive them. And I'm going to give you a fairly small um, uh, little process that you can use to clear your deck. This is probably would be a good idea to do that on a regular basis, especially if your deck starts to get muddled and give you answers that don't make sense. Then that means that it needs to be cleared. So the way you can clear your deck is by holding it in your hands. And I know I'm going to mention angels on this podcast, and I know it's a business podcast, so it might seem counterproductive or counterintuitive. But uh, you don't actually need to believe in angels to benefit from working with them. So I'm going to ask you to pause your skepticism, if that's the case, and just go with the, with the procedure that I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> because the benefits uh, are, worth, um, are worth it. So you hold the deck in your hands, and I'm going to do that with, the, with my mythic tarot deck whilst I, I um Oh, I know what I'm going to do when I'm, when I'm done with that. So you hold the deck in your hands and you ask the angels of the violet flame to clean the deck. Uh, the angels of the violet flame are angels that are very good at um, dispersing negative energy. And then you set your intent. 
that the deck that you're holding in your hands is going to give you guidance that is useful, timely, inspiring, uplifting, and for the highest good of everyone. Okay. And once you've done that, I encourage you not to let other people handle your deck. Of course, if you do readings for other people, you will, especially in person, you often ask the person to shuffle the cards. But people who do professional readings know how to clear their decks. And if they don't, um, I encourage you to contact me and we can talk about it. Um, it probably needs a little bit more heavy handed clearing than the, the process I've just described. Um, as you know, or you may know, uh, for having listened to my podcast for a while, I um, have my own business deck. It's not a tarot deck. It's an oracle deck. Uh, the distinction between oracle and tarot deck is explored in uh, episode 68. Uh, and you can find it. I uh, There's a limited edition at the moment. You can find it in my shop in um, on my website, which is www.theintuitiverevolution.co.uk forward slash shop. Now, I will be sharing in the notes under, um, you know, this um, this podcast in your podcast app, a link to sign up for my tarot newsletter. I encourage you to sign up as I send out uh, a, a weekly reading as well as tips, etc. But it also means that if you sign up, you will know when I do my next um, tarot for business challenge. The dates have just been changed. Uh, it used to be for uh, the 19th of September, and it's going to be pushed back to beginning of October. So do subscribe. And now I'm going to pull a card for the energy of the week in business for all the people who are listening to this podcast and all my clients and my community in my Facebook group uh, called The Intuitive Revolution for brilliant entrepreneurs with Ange, which I've mentioned at the start of this um, this podcast. So I'm shuffling the cards. You might hear it in the background as I'm talking, as I'm setting my intent um, to receive a meaningful card. I mean, last week's card really blew my mind, especially since I picked it up twice, which was really interesting. Um, I mean, the, the likelihood of picking the same card twice uh, on the same day is pretty small. I think it's in the range of 1% or something like that. The The cards that I pulled is the Knight of Pentacles. Um, and uh, well, Pentacles about, is about manifestation. So I'm just wondering if there might not be a particularly um, powerful energy this week to manifest um, whatever you want to manifest in your business. And for this reason, uh, I'm going to ask you, and, and it's funny, that's something that I actually did yesterday. I'm going to ask you to do a little bit of um, planning this week in your business. And if you need a bit of uh, of help with this, um, I'm offering actually some um, one-hour sessions at a discounted rate of £200 instead of £300. There's only three sessions available, so once they're gone, they're gone. And during this, we will be planning in the Akashic Records, which is something that I do um, on a regular basis. Uh, I have a webinar coming up that's called Planning in the uh, Akashic Records, um, which I will advertise in my free group. So please come and have a look in the free group. Um, I, I don't know if I have a date just yet. 
Um, it's usually a one hour um, a one hour webinar uh, where I open the actual energies of the records, which I do with a prayer that I wrote myself. Um, if you want to actually learn more about the Akashic Records, there's a really good book by Linda Howe called The Akashic Records, but she doesn't specialize in business records. It's very general. Um, so I will, um, in that webinar, I open the energy of um, the records and this enables you to connect to the energy of your business. And then I take you through a guided meditation so that you are shown what are the three main things that you, you should be focusing on. And we'll probably be focusing on, you know, the last three months of the year, just in case you had some goals and, and you want to make sure that you keep on track. Maybe you haven't reached them yet, or maybe you need to revise them. And you want to make sure that the last three months of the year are going to be the most productive in your business. So that's the spirit that we're going to do this webinar on. I will probably actually share a link under this uh, podcast uh, recording uh, with the link to sign uh, for the webinar. Okay, well, that's it for today. It's um, maybe a shorter episode than usual, but I'm not the, the kind of person who will stretch it just to fill some space. Uh, every week in, the, in my free group, I also have a post where you can come and discuss or um, ask questions about the episode of the week. So feel free to join us if you're not in the group yet. It's all free. Thank you, everyone, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Intuition Podcast. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. Don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go on to my website to download my free workbook, on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.